going from one shop to another, the sun set, and the evening came on. The evening which I shall probably never forget in my life. After buying cheese that smelled like soap, and petrified sausage that smelled of tar, we went to the tavern to ask whether they had any beer. Our coachman went off to the blacksmith to get our horses shod, and we told him we would wait for him near the church. We walked, talked, laughed over purchases, while a man, who was known in the district by a very strange nickname, Forty Martyrs, followed us all the while in silence with a mysterious air like a detective. This Forty Martyrs was no other than Gavril Sievarov, or more simply Gavirushka, who had been for a short time in my service, and had been dismissed by me for drunkenness. He had been in Dmitri Petrovitch's service too, and by him had been dismissed for the same vice. He was an inveterate drunkard, and indeed his whole life was as drunk and disorderly as himself. His father had been a priest, and his mother of noble rank, so by birth he belonged to the privileged class. But however carefully I scrutinized his exhausted, respectful, and always perspiring face, his red beard now turning grey, his pitiful torn reefer jacket, and his red shirt, I could not discover in him the faintest trace of anything we associate with privilege. He spoke of himself as a man of education, and he used to say that he had been at the clerical school, but had not finished his studies there, as he had been expelled for smoking. Then he had sung in the bishop's choir, and lived for two years in a monastery, from which he was also expelled, but this time not for smoking, but for his weakness. He had walked all over the two provinces, had presented petitions to the consistory and to various government offices, had been four times on trial. At last, being stranded in our district, he had served as a footman, as a forester, as a kennelman, as a sexton, had married a cook who was a widow, and a rather loose character, and had so hopelessly sunk into a menial position, and had grown so used to filth and dirt, that he even spoke of his privileged origin with a certain scepticism, as of some myth. At the time I am describing he was hanging about without a job, calling himself a carrier and a huntsman, and his wife had disappeared and made no sign. From the tavern we went to the church and sat in the porch, waiting for the coachman. Forty Martyrs stood a little way off, and put his hand before his mouth in order to cough in it, respectively, if need be. By now it was dark. There was a strong smell of evening dampness, and the moon was on the point of rising. There were only two clouds in the clear starry sky exactly over our heads, one big one and one smaller. Alone in the sky they were racing after one another like mother and child in the direction where the sunset was glowing. "'What a glorious day!' said Dmitri Petrovitch. "'In the extreme,' four martyrs assented, and he coughed respectfully into his hand. "'How was it, Dmitri Petrovitch, you thought to visit these parts?' he asked in an ingratiating voice, evidently anxious to get up a conversation. Dmitri Petrovitch made no answer. Forty martyrs heaved a deep sigh and said softly, not looking at us, I suffer solely through a cause to which I must answer to Almighty God. No doubt about it, I am a hopeless and incompetent man, but believe me on my conscience, I am without a crust of bread and worse off than a dog. Forgive me, Dmitri Petrovitch. Selin was not listening, but sat musing with his head propped on his fist. 
The church stood at the end of the street on the high river bank, and through the trellis of the gate enclosure we could see the river, the water meadows on the near side of it, and the crimson glare of a campfire about which black figures of men and horses were moving. And beyond the fire, farther away, there were other lights, where there was a little village. They were singing there. On the river, and here and there on the meadows, a mist was rising. High narrow coils of mist, thick and white as milk, were trailing over the river, hiding the reflection of the stars, and hovering over the willows. Every minute they changed their form, and it seemed as though they were embracing. Others were bowing, others lifting their arms to the heaven with wide sleeves like priests, as though they were praying. Probably they reminded Dmitri Petrovitch of ghosts and of the dead, for he turned facing me and asked with a mournful smile, Tell me, my dear fellow, why is